Hello and welcome to the 25th episode of the 34 Sports Podcast. I'm joined today by uh, a new guest, uh, Randy. He's my pastor, my friend. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Love the show. Yeah, a lot of news today. It's been a good week in sports. Uh, we're going to start just talking about the Nets versus Bucks. That was a really good series. I don't know how much of that you caught, but I watched the last couple games, and it was just electric. Uh, KD was just going off, but it wasn't enough. Uh, Giannis just, Giannis and that team is just built so well. Uh, and it's too bad the Nets had injuries, but a lot of people were happy to see him go. Um, Durant just unstoppable. I mean, that one game was probably the best playoff game we've seen in a while when he had the triple-double with 45, 14, no, 45, 17 rebounds and 10 assists. That was just a monster game, but uh, without Harden or Kyrie, that was going to be a struggle. Uh, the Bucs just played so well, and uh, Giannis is just playing well. P.J. Tucker's defense on Durant was one of the key points, and it was just uh, Drew Holiday. I mean, honestly, if Drew Holiday had played better, they probably would have beat everybody. Beat They probably would have beat them easy. Uh, we'll see what Drew Holiday does in the next round, but he should be happy that uh, they were able to keep going because he would have got torched online. Um, but yeah, that was yeah, a that's, good. Uh, Go ahead. That game with Durant. Uh, my first statement ever on your podcast is going to be an insane one. All right. Besides anything, home teams excluded, watching Durant take over that game was one of the most exciting things I I had ever seen. I was going absolutely. Nuts, especially when he did that turnaround three fader. Yeah. <laughs> All of that was amazing. It was exciting. And uh, what's interesting about that too is this: if they built this Bucks team to be, to beat the Nets, and even without Harden and even without Irving, they still almost pulled it off. So that was a very exciting series. Yeah, I, I'm. I mean, a lot of people don't think so, but well, maybe they do. But I think Durant's the best pure scorer ever. Uh, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, that's separate from Jordan. I'm just talking specifically, Durant specializes in one category. Jordan was like defense and offense, and LeBron's like playmaking and offense and just different things. But Durant is just purely offense, and I don't think there's been anybody we've ever seen that did it better. The only one I could say would maybe be Kareem because of the skyhook you couldn't stop, but uh, right up there with Kareem, Durant's one of the best offensive players ever to touch a ball. And, uh, I mean, if he had had a healthy either Harden or Kyrie, we might be talking different right now because uh, I've seen what Durant could do in OKC and I've seen what he can do in Golden State. So uh, next year will probably be the next year. Yeah, I think this game, this game changed people's perception of him, though, right? Because when he was in OKC, he had a stellar team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, at that team was stacked. Yeah. When he was in Golden State, obviously that team was stacked. So, you know, it was like, who cares? He did it with great teams. The reason why I think this was so exciting to me was because he took this team and he drugged them almost to the finish line. And he did it pretty much single-handedly. He, you know, uh, Green went off too. Yeah. I mean, that's why it was so exciting. This is the KD I love. I want more of this. I want KD to go to... Uh, you know, an average to a below average team and turn them into like a contender. I I love those stories in basketball. And so that game officially cemented for me. 
I fell in love with KD in game five of the season. Was that game five or was that game four? I game can't remember. Because six yeah, and seven were kind of letdowns, but I mean, what can he mm-hmm. do? Or maybe it was six. Yep. yep. I don't know, five yep. or six, but yeah, that was a really good game. I've I've never went that far with Durant. I've always, I've liked Durant. I was, I mean, a lot of people didn't like it, but I was already on the Golden State bandwagon before he joined. And yeah, for him to add there, I knew that was pretty much lock. I mean, uh, without injuries at 19, those Raptors fans would be pretty salty right now because they wouldn't have got one in 19 if Durant had been there. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on that. Well, and I think that that's, you're right. I think that's what turned people off to Durant. Is when he went to Golden State, right? Yeah, Golden State was gonna win it without him. <laughs> well, yeah, a lot so, of people, yeah. I, I mean, people talk sixteen with Golden State, but I really, if you look back at that, I mean, I may be saying this as a Golden State fan, but I really do think the refs changed in five, six, and seven towards the Cavaliers because I think the league saw what would happen with LeBron, and they weren't they weren't gonna like that. They weren't gonna like that because. He's a big money maker, and they don't want to make him look bad. But that's, I mean, that's more of a conspiracy theory NBA thing. But I, I don't know. I guess as a, on the Golden State side, I've got a little bit different view of it. But yeah, we should do an NBA conspiracy uh, episode because well, there's a there's a lot of good evidence. Eighty five draft <laughs> with Patrick. Or we could talk about Donahue coming out, but that'll oh, be another ref, time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he exposed it all. Yeah. So. But yeah, that was a good series. The Bucks, I honestly, I don't. Only one I could see is maybe the Suns now. But I think whoever came out of this series has probably got a really good chance at finishing everybody off and winning the championship. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but moving on, uh, go predictions. Because if they go, I have I have a solid prediction. If go it ahead. winds up going uh, Suns and Bucks, I think if it comes down to Suns and Bucks, which that's what it looks like it's going to be. I think the Bucks win it in at least six because I think of the matchups. They win it in five. I think they could win yeah. it in five just based off of matchups because you're gonna exactly have, you're yeah. gonna have uh, Drew Holiday getting Booker, and I think that'll neutralize him to under twenty five a game, which is really right. when Booker goes off, they do well. But if you can minimize him, it's gonna be a closer game, and that'll be easier for them. I also. Don't think they really have the matchups to go against Giannis. I see Aiton's good, but he's a low post big. I don't blame him for not being able to guard Giannis. He's going to be able to do all right, but uh, I don't see Crowder. I mean, Crowder's good defensively, but I really don't think it's enough to stop Giannis. Maybe they could throw Mikel Bridges on him or something because he's got more length. I mean, he's a guard, but that's going to be a struggle for them. And um, I don't know. I think one thing, Aiton will neutralize Lopez pretty hard, so you won't have to worry about Lopez. But um, right. they've got a lot of options there. They can move the ball because Tucker can hit a three. I think everybody in that starting lineup for the Bucks can hit a three if you don't watch them. So there's nobody you can leave open. Right. Um, and not only that, they're going to be able to get to the to the to the to the paint as well. Yeah. So. You really got to pick your poison. Do that even in a hard defensive situation, unless they build the wall, which they have in the past. But and that could be a play for the Phoenix Suns to do, like Philly has done in the past. But I still think, with the way that roster is built, it's not going to be the same as it used to be for the Bucks. Uh, they can yeah. overcome something when they stop Giannis. 
And Giannis has actually been hitting a few threes lately, so he can pull two. Yeah, he hasn't been doing it efficiently, but he shows he can do it. Yeah, I think, if he, uh... I think he's around like 25, which is not great, but not horrible. Yeah, yep. So, I, You know me, I'm old school. I'd rather him just take it to the rack every play. Oh, yeah, but, but then we'll just follow him and he'll miss his free throw. So. I mean, it's hard to not take it when somebody's just staring you down and giving you about four steps, too. That's hard. Yeah. That's what they, yeah. So so is that your prediction then? Are you, are you saying uh, Bucks and, and Suns? That's who I think it's going to be. I, think I mean, honestly, fun. I think Atlanta's going to give them a little bit of a struggle, though, because Atlanta's hot, but I think that'll go to six. I got Atlanta going to six. Let's just talk about the Bucks hawks here since we're already getting into it. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta with Trey Young is just... Trey's been on another level, and even when he had the bad game last time against Philly, which is partially Ben Simmons' fault, and we'll get into that later, but uh, right. he, they were still able to win because they're deep at, at positionally. They've got Herter or Bogdanovich, which they can use at the two. You've got Gallinari and different guys. They've got a lot of shooters, and you've got down low, you've got Capella, who's one of the best bigs in the league. He's one of a few remaining rebounding bigs who can be relevant in the league. And um, I'm going to go bear about the only ones. And uh, you've got John Collins, who's set to get a contract. So he's playing for his money, too, not to mention that he is a good player. I hope he doesn't regret he's playing well. he gets his money. Playing well. But that's a that's going to be a really good series. The Hawks, I, don't, I mean, if they get past the Bucks, they're definitely winning the championship because that means they're just on another level. But I don't see that as happening, but... Because you're going to have Holiday on Trey Young, and then you, Middleton's not a bad defender. I just think that Bucks team is just built. I mean, they're... Yeah, they, they brought Holiday in specifically for defense and, dart, and, and, you know, locking down opposing guards. Yeah. And for the most part, he does pretty good at that. I mean, he's, he did a good, he's done well this run so far. Yeah, if they had a guy like Holiday when they went against the Raptors in 19... I don't. I think they would have been able to win that series because they were close anyway. They blew the up two mm-hmm. on that Raptors team, but uh, Kawhi really killed them because they had nobody to guard him because you couldn't leave Lowry open and you couldn't leave. It, it was just bad matchups. But they've got better matchups now. Uh, they've actually saved Budenholzer's job because I was honestly thinking if he lost to the Nets, they would have sent him down the road. Uh, because he, well, yeah, because it was such a debacle with all the three-point shooting. Yeah, and his his use of Brook Lopez over Bobby Portis in defensive situations is kind of uh, still makes me scratch my head somewhat. But Lopez can do all right, but Portis is definitely the better defender and rebounder. And with the abundance of shooters they got there, they don't really need another offensive big per se all the time. But Boonhauser's sticking with it, and it's worked so far. So we'll and like I said, they may just take that straight to. The Larry O'Brien Trophy, so we'll see. Yeah, they're my favorite to win it this year. Even when they were, you know, when they were tied up with the Nets, I thought the Bucks were the team to beat this year. Yeah, I felt like whoever went out of that series. I mean, I don't know. I think the Nets and Hawks because early in the season they had really good matchups. I think the Nets could have lost to the Hawks, but I don't see the Bucks losing to the Hawks. Right, um, and I, I think this game's going to boil down to the role role players. I think you're right. You pointed out that the role players on the Hawks. Have been stepping up well in the in the second game, right? Herder was was pretty quiet in his, the yeah. previous game, and, and he went out of his mind. And I think it's going to boil down to the 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 role players on the Hawks. The Hawks, 
Uh, I got another problem, too, is that they lost Kevin Herter. Uh, not Kevin Herter. Uh, DeAndre Hunter to uh, a oh, no. ending injury. I think it was a meniscus tear, a little meniscus tear, which isn't good in the long term. But he was one oh. of their elite defenders. His offense is kind of like a Kawhi Leonard type. His offense hasn't really come around yet, but he's got really good defense. And he can hit the three, so you might be hearing his name more later. But it's a really good all-around player. And yeah, but they're down him, so that'll struggle. They're, they could have put him on Middleton, but they don't have that ability anymore. We'll see what they can do. Trey Young's uh, surpassed my expectations this year, so who knows? At Absolutely. This point. Um, I think the whole, basically, the whole team has. Because if you would ask me at the beginning of the season, you know, their roster hasn't changed. Has they? Has it even changed since the beginning of the year? It's it's not changed, and it's also in some ways that I thought it would be better as regressed because I would have thought Cam Reddish would have been a a factor by now for their team, and he's just right. not showed up. Right. Well, that, there's a team that I thought was going to be maybe an eight seed at the beginning of the season if if they even made the playoffs, and and Ice Tray has just gone off. Yeah, and uh, it's it's been fun to watch him too. This it's funny because this this playoffs I want to say it's been about role players, but it's been just as much about superstars as well. When they show up and when they don't show up in Ben Simmons' case, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, I think it's gonna Zingas, be role players on the hunt. Yeah, poor Zingas that didn't show oh, up for right. Dallas. That's helped yep. him. But I had Atlanta ranked nine. I just looked at the rankings that I talked about in a couple podcasts ago. But I had them ranked nine, which still would have been a playing game. Uh, but... Yeah, I was right there with you. But, yeah, they surpassed that. Nate McMillan's a really good coach. I'm surprised that the Pacers got rid of him so quick, and now they've already fired their next coach within a year, so who's laughing now? Yep. Uh, Nate's in a better situation, honestly, because those Pacers got a lot of holes to fill, and uh, the Hawks look like they've they've been building through the draft. I wouldn't say they're quite at OKC types building, but they're close. They're right there with uh building and i'm gonna put detroit right in there too with what i've seen the last year i'll talk about the lottery later too i hope that goes well tonight but um yeah but uh, on the flip side we've got the clippers Suns. that uh kind of an odd series i watched game one and booker absolutely went off that was a really good game uh no yeah, cp3 I'm really excited to talk about this no cp3 Sorry, yet i mean that's that's gonna be an issue but it seems like it's an issue, but it's not. I mean, both teams have lost Kawhi. No Kawhi for the Clippers, no CP3 for the Suns. But the Suns have already experienced no CP3 from the Lakers series when CP3 had the shoulder injury. Uh, yep. and they had campaign in there. Um, and campaign has taken it to another level. I think CP3 has been really good for him because he's learned how to be a playmaker instead of worrying about his offense. And uh, when you worry about your your strengths first, the other stuff comes around. Like, uh, for instance, like a Patrick Beverly worrying about defense and then getting the offense when he can. Uh, but this, it's going to be interesting. They've already shown they could beat the Clippers once without CP3, and I can only imagine what would happen if he was there. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and and they still and it's still we're not going to see Kawhi the rest of the playoffs. Is that right? I no know they keep saying, kind of playing at it, and won't officially say it. But I'm pretty sure he's done because I think it's an ACL tear. Yeah. Well, it's it's definitely on Paul George. Well, we got we've had some role players certainly step up for the Clippers lately, but uh, it's definitely gonna be all Paul George's. And speaking of players that I fell in love with this playoff run, uh, I've gained a lot of respect for a player that I had none for in Paul George. 
he's certainly showing me that he is superstar caliber player. Uh, especially, I think it was game four where we went off for like 35, 9, and 8. Yeah. And, and carried them in that must-win game that they had. Uh, I, yeah, I, I didn't have much respect for him. I watched that game. He put the team on his back, and it was great. So, But it's not enough. You're right. If if Chris Paul is in, they just lose it quicker. So, yeah, I think Chris Paul comes back. They It's a, it's a lock. And even now, it doesn't look like they're going to be able to slow down D-Book. Yeah, we got game one's always iffy, and uh, we've seen throughout the playoffs this year that Ty Lue's been able to change his lineup from time to time to uh, fit this situation, but I don't think he's got enough people to do it this time, especially with Kawhi out. Terrence Mann, that first game, only had nine points, so that's not going to work for them. I think uh, he would be good if Kawhi was there as like a third man with them. I said that the other day to you, but I think that would be really good, really good in the future uh, to have him as another piece there for them. Uh, yep. But Paul George's game is day-to-day constantly because sometimes you get a really good Paul George and other times he just does not show up. I like Paul George, but uh, the, the writing's on the wall there. You can't. I like him when he shows up, but there's been times, I think even when you look back in Indiana series, when they were playing Miami to get to the finals, uh, where he his game would kind of wane in big pressure situations. But if he can come up here and beat the Suns, which, like I said, I don't see that happening anyway, but uh, uh, might change people's attitude on him. I'm still kind of on the fence. I know you're, you seem to flip sides, but... I'm still yeah. right, I'm still right in the middle. I don't I don't dislike him, but I don't 100% trust him all the time. So, yeah. In order for him to win the series, he's got to be close to 40 every game, and he's got to be close to a triple double every game. If they're going to stand a chance, I think even so. if he did that, I mean, I would gain respect for him if he did that. But there's got to be somebody else coming. I mean, Reggie yeah. Jackson has played well. I mean, something that he never did in Detroit. But the difference... Don't even going on that. <laughs> the difference with here on Detroit is because in Detroit, uh, and the same thing with Drummond, is he was the guy that had the ball. So he was the one that was thinking, it's my time on offense, where when he's on the Clippers, he's like a second or third option. Actually, right. probably third or fourth. But he, he knows he can score here or there. He doesn't have the pressure on him to be the number one guy all the time. And, uh, well, he certainly didn't shoot that well in Detroit. Well, no. I he, just, yeah. He was also in Stan Van's offense, and I, you know how much I like Stan Van. So, uh, you saw what he did in New Orleans. So, I mean, I can't totally blame Reggie Jackson for playing that way. Uh, There's a rumor going around he might get fired after one year. So, Stan Van? But another, no, but that's another discussion. Yeah, there's the rumor. Done. You didn't see that? He's done. Oh. They fired him? Yeah, they fired him. He's done. I was, I had a big smile oh, on my face the whole day. Oh, I didn't see that. Good for them. It, yeah, that he. I mean, there's no reason that team does should not make the playoffs. Oh, he okay. Made, he made Ingram mad. He made Zion mad. They're probably gonna well, lose Hart now. Lonzo could leave. They could have just destroyed their whole core by one bad decision from the front office. Holy cow! Okay, I didn't mean to sidetrack us, but that's great news. So the rumors were correct. He's gone. Yeah. He was an awful coach. He blew, like, I think it was somewhere upwards of 15 fourth-quarter leads this year. There's just no excuse for that. I don't care if the players aren't listening to you. I just, just I think, because uh, yeah. he's got an abrasive personality, I think the players just turned him off, especially with them not being able to meet, like, in person as much as they usually do. They just got tired of listening to him. 
And I was tired of listening to him in Detroit, so I don't blame him. Yep, we were done with him. <laughs> then they gave him raise to the whole thing. Well, they let him stay one year too long because we should have we should have had a 16th pick that could have possibly been Shea Gildas Alexander instead of Blake Griffin right now. That was a big issue. He traded away mm. two of our picks for Blake Griffin, but that's a, that, I'm not going to get into that too much. Let's get back into the... We'll have a conspiracy Detroit Pistons podcast one yeah. time. <laughs> But they, yeah, the Suns, Suns are looking pretty, pretty good here. I see that team's built pretty good. They've they've drafted fairly well. I mean, a lot of people dogged them for picking Aiton over uh, Luca, but the the positionally it fit for the Suns. So I don't, I don't dog that pick at all. I dogged the Bagley pick over Luca, which the Kings have eternally yep. sucked for 15 years. Haven't made the playoffs longest streak ever, I think. Um, yeah, and the Chris Ball move has proven to be something that they. A perfect fit for them. Yeah, it's like the one piece they needed. Because yeah. now you can't double D book all the time. That was a big issue in the past. Um, but yeah. Booker's great. Booker's a great player. Yeah, I agree. Suns are winning this one, and um, it'd be. I think it'd be a different story, Kawhi, but he's not there, so they. I think Suns it would have been it. close. I think it would have been a real series. I think. It yep. But it's still going to be a good series, I think, even without him out. But. Um. Now, speaking of supposed great players, let's talk about Ben Simmons and the Philly, the whole Philly thing. That has been a big thing. I'm not ready to write him off yet. I'm not ready either, but, man, that was hard to watch. That was – the fact that he – the biggest thing, and I know everybody's harping on this, but when he passed up that two-hand back scratcher, basically, he could have done any dunk he wanted uh, and passed it to Thibault, who's just as bad a free throw shooter as he is. Uh, yeah, just, just terrific. And the fact that he was shooting like thirty-three percent from the line as a starting point guard in this league is just, I yeah, hate, he's just, I, he's a terrible shooter. And for those who need context or listening, go ahead and look up on YouTube. Uh, uh, ben Simmons passes away, open dunk. Yeah, it's probably. And, I mean, they've probably seen it. Most people who follow sports. It's probably been all over their timeline this week. I mean, yeah. But Ben, it's insane. I I think his main problem is confidence. What Shaq said the other day. Shaq said he'd he'd beat him in the locker room for what he did. But uh, Shaq talked about how he himself could not shoot, but he was always aggressive and was getting to the hoop. And, uh, Shaq couldn't shoot free throws, but he still is like one of the greatest of all time. Well, yeah, he wasn't afraid to be at the line. He was, he would get there, and if he got fouled, he got fouled. He just de- dealt with it. But Simmons just seems to constantly be afraid to even attempt to get to that point. I mean, I remember, I don't know how many, if you were watched it or not, but um, back in the All-Star game, uh, what are they called, sophomore juniors game, or was it USA World? I don't remember. But... Uh, he had like 25 points in that game, and he absolutely took over. He was the best player on the court a couple of years yeah. ago. Um, He's certainly got it in him. I mean, that guy, he, he could take it so strong to the rack. But you're right, because he's afraid to shoot the free throws. And we all know that's why he passed it away. It's because he thought he was going to get fouled, and he's yeah. got to shoot free throws. I, he's got, he's got to get over that. First and second of all, too, you can learn to shoot yeah. open shots. Anyone can learn to shoot open shots. You and I can do it. Uh, so I, I one good summer and he could be a shooter. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason well, anyone could shoot summer. for us. It better be this summer because he's yeah. going to be gone if he's not. 
Um, I really blame this on Philly. I don't blame this on Simmons. I blame this on the organization because I heard uh, Justin Termini on uh, NBA Today, which is on SiriusXM. People who have it have it, but I haven't. Um, but he said it's weird how the two peop- two players that were number one picks came out of the same organization and both have issues with shooting, that being Markel Folks and Ben Simmons. It's both out of Philly. That's kind of odd to me. I think they have weak player development there. I think they, yeah. especially with Ben Simmons, they're always a good playmaker. Let's just let him do, let him do his thing. Let him do his thing. Well, it's finally come back to bite him now, and I think um, Simmons, he just he needs to play the four. Honestly, I would bring Shake Milton in and have him at the four. I would just, I would tool his brain this off season to just think score, 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 and then if he, I mean, if he's getting doubled or something pass out but i mean i would just flip his whole off way he plays i would quit having him be a playmaker i mean i don't know i would i would have him with the ability to play make but i wouldn't have that as his main part of his offense offensive game i would have him retooled to where he wants to score at will because he could he's 6'10 i mean there's not a i mean that's michael porter jr durant type uh, size at that position of the four or the three. I mean, he's got it. He's just got to figure it out. Yeah, I think I think Jokic is showing that you can put someone at a four or five, and they can still be a playmaker. But the problem is he's with Embiid, right? Oh, and so yeah. that makes it even that makes it difficult for him. So yeah, I think he's got to get. A, I think he's got to play the one now, but he's got to get that shooting figured out. Are they and also- he, right? He's got to be aggressive. They could also alternate uh, Doc. That's Doc's fault for not alternating Simmons and Embiid out there at separate times where Simmons could just score when it's just him out there without Embiid. Right. Um, Right. I I just don't. I I think they honestly should have moved for Russell Westbrook. I mean, Simmons is going to be fine for them, but they should have moved Simmons for Russell Westbrook last season. I think that would have been great for both teams. I think you might. Yeah, that's hard to say. That's that's a. By the way, that's a bold. That's a bold statement. But I, I got to chew on that one for a second. Russ could have. Russ has still got two or three good years here, and he's an awesome playmaker with that team. And they could have signed more shooters to be around him because they had Danny Green. But that would have been. Yeah, and good. I guess Philadelphia is in a win a championship now. They don't need young talent. They just need talent. So, yeah, I guess I could see that working out. It could have worked. It's not going to happen now because Ben Simmons' trade value is in the toilet now. It's it's dead. I mean, yeah. I don't even – people are talking about these different trades for him. I don't see it happening because the value that Philly's going to get out of him uh, outweighs even as bad as his potential is now. He still has pretty good potential if he can turn around in one summer. Um, yeah, the, yeah, all the trade rumors that are coming up on these big shows, you're right. They're never going to happen now well, because saw, what – go ahead. I saw somebody even dumb enough to say that Portland would trade Dame for Ben Simmons. I just – I think I actually unfollowed the page because that's one okay. of the dumbest trades I've seen. There's no way – they wouldn't even have traded that last season when he was a lot <laughs> – had a lot better eye. I, yeah, the only thing you're doing in that trade is size because Dame can play defense too. So Yeah, Dame, Dame's – I. I don't. I guess we can get off on Portland a little bit here, but I really think Portland with a new coach could be a lot better team. Uh, I was just thinking this actually. That up. People want to blow that up, but I really don't think that's. A, it's the time to do so. I think that team is just. 
uh, a system away from being really good. I think Scott's was just not that guy. Uh, Personally believe Portland drawing Denver is the only reason they couldn't make it to the conference finals. Yeah, the only two people that, the only two teams that they've gotten knocked out by in the last few years has been Denver. Well, they got the Lakers in the bubble, but the bubble is a whole different story. But uh, Denver and then Golden State, prime Golden State, they made it to conference finals. I mean, come on now. Yeah, most you got to look at that. I mean, the team's just been competitive. They just gotten matched with either good matchups or just a gauntlet with Golden State. They get matched up to a weakness, right? Like Jokic eats them for lunch. Yeah, the only weak so. position I see on that team is Nurkic when he isn't like aggressive. Because Nurkic is—I've heard they've had to get him mad from the play well, and that's kind of an it kind of odd. I don't know. But it's not like they're going to get anybody better. So, I mean, you got to ride with Nurkic. We'll see what the new system does. I've heard it could be Chauncey as their new coach. I've heard it could be Becky Hammond out of uh, San Antonio. I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. mind that. I think Becky Hammond's a pretty good coach. We'll see what she can do. Uh, I'll give anybody a chance. I mean, they gave Stan Van a chance. And look at what he did. I mean, anybody can be a coach <laughs> if Stan Van can be a coach. I mean, Stan, uh, Stan Van is the Jeremy Lin of coaches. He's riding off of one good season with Dwight. Uh, like, Lin rode off of one good season yep. in New York. It's just not... And Jameer and Hedo. quit hiring him. Him and his, his brother needs to stay in this talking, too, because his brother says some stupid stuff like he does, too. Yeah, worst commentator. And I, I don't like listening to him. I don't like listening to him. And I also don't like listening to Mark Jackson when he's either got LeBron... When he's either commenting on a LeBron team or against Golden State, because he always is biased towards the other team on Golden State, he's just salty. Got fired, which I don't know. I think he could have done it, but Steve Kerr's a great coach. But I it just gets on my nerves when I listen to them guys, and they're always on the primetime games too. So I can never, never get away from it. <laughs> so we've got the Suns moving on and we got the Bucks moving on right that's yeah, our picks that's and we're in agreement on that yeah okay I don't see anything and I else. think the Bucks match up way too well against the Suns yeah and I think they, they win it Giannis will finally get his first ring although I I would like to see CP3 get one but I don't see it happening it nope. would have to be not a, this year it would have to be another worldly performance from the Suns to get past the Bucks if that's the matchup yep Bucks are stacked Okay, um, I'm going to move on to that thing I, sh- I sent you just a couple minutes before we started about the new rules coming to the the league about the offense and stuff, and I think this could be really good. There, there will be three new rules that are possible uh, that could move in. Is uh, One is that if the shooter launches or leans into the defender at an abnormal angle, it is an offensive foul or no call. A second rule that could be implemented is shoot if the shooter kicks his legs out at an abnormal rate, it's, again, an offensive foul or a no call. And the third one is offensive player abruptly veers sideways or backwards like uh, Atlantis Trey Young does quite frequently where he'll, st- he'll fall back, and Curry has done it too. Um, but yep. these will be good rules. Uh, the defense, I mean, when you're you're getting nights where teams are getting 130, 140 points, you know the defense is dead. There's there's something yeah. that has to happen because I'm a I'm a very big defense guy. My my team has got Ben Wallace, Kawhi, and Jimmy Butler, so I, I like my defense. And it's just 
it's hard to watch uh, just guys that cannot physically guard guys because they're just going to get fouls called on them. Yeah, and for those who are listening and don't really understand what what those rule changes mean, essentially what's happening is the NBA, if they go through with this, and I pray that they do, the NBA doesn't want people going up for shots intentionally just to grab the foul and not to go for a score. So we see that. We, we hate that all the time. Uh, you're right. Trey Young is like the king of doing that. You know, you yeah. pump fake, someone goes up, and then you jump into them to get the foul. NBA really wants to get rid of that, and they've been trying trying to get rid of flopping too. So I think this would, as far as watching the game, this would be excellent. I hope they do it. Well, more fouls slows down the game too. If they're trying to condense the amount of time that a game is, this is the number one spot they can look at because these half of these fouls wouldn't have been called 20 years ago. I mean, it's just they let the right. game. I mean, they let the offensive part of the game flourish while letting the defense just slowly die year by year. And uh, something mm-hmm. had to happen. I mean, I yeah, can't I think... imagine what Michael Jordan would have done with rules like that. <laughs> the way he used to it... get contact. I think he certainly would have abused them, as he should have, because that's the way the game is played right now. You you play with what you're given. But I think, it, yeah, I think the fact that we have people now who are making what we call non-basketball plays intentionally trying to get fouls. It, it, one, it looks ridiculous, and two, it slows the game down. And what I really like about that is now they're going to punish them hard for doing it, right? If you do that, you're going to lose the ball. It's going to yeah, be a foul on you. If you get two fouls in the first half from doing that, you're not going to want to do that because if you got two fouls from that and then an additional, you're already at three fouls in the first half, and that's not a position you want to put yourself in, especially if you're a star player like Trey Young. When Trey Young leaves the floor for Atlanta, they're half the team they are. I mean, Trey's facilitating and doing all that. The same's gonna go for Curry. I mean, I don't, Curry's not gonna need that as much next season because he's got more weapons. But I've I've known Curry to do something like that, so we'll see. Oh what, yeah, we'll see how that happens. Uh, but yeah, I'm happy for it. I, I like defense is what I like. So I wonder how this is gonna affect Harden's game too, uh, going forward. Because they we all know that he does stuff just to get fouls. I wonder how they're gonna start calling his game as well. I think he can adjust because, I mean, he's a good player. He just does that because he knows he can. He can do all the other stuff. He can dunk on people. He can hit the step back three, which is arguably a travel, but we've already, I guess, ruled it as not a travel. So that's another way I think the league will regress eventually. But, um, yeah, Harden Harden can fix it. Trey's going to be a little bit of a struggle. He can shoot, too. I think the guys will figure it out. They've just got to retool. They'll have to figure it out. But they need to. The league needs to get these implemented so the players know what they've got coming next season. Because yeah. and uh, it's going to go through, right? It's believed it's going to go through. Yeah, it should go through. Okay. There's too many people that are just talking about it. I mean, there's times in a broadcast when the commentators will start talking about it. It's just too much of a topic for them not to do anything about. These are good rule changes. The yeah. NBA this year has made a bunch of great moves. I like it. The kick out because the big issue was when Kawhi went down because of the Zaza Pachulia, but then it regressed so far from there so quickly that they had to do something. Right. Uh, the refs just are blind, in my opinion, with a lot of this stuff, and now they have to physically look for it. Like the yep. kick outs. The kick outs are some of the worst, too, and Curry does it uh, quite a bit. Or bad. how about this? I wonder how they're called this. Uh, PG-13 has done this so much this year. 
how about when someone has their hand out and they're guarding you and they intentionally pull up to get to hit your arm on the way up to get the foul i wonder how they're going to call that in the future because we know they're doing it on purpose to get the foul right yeah so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they call that as well exciting stuff this is good for the NBA. Yeah, I think that could be one of the few things you see that is still part of it because it's kind of hard to do because with the rules after Kawhi, uh, you have to give the offensive guy his space. So I don't know where that constitutes in it. Maybe if it's forearm on forearm, it's an offensive foul. But if it's straight ball, then it's not. But that would be awfully hard to call in the moment. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just, you're right. I'm just glad we're finally they're gonna put some more pressure on the offense to to play real basketball, which is good. Yeah. One thing I want to see come back, maybe a little bit of hand checking, a little bit, but we'll see. Cause... well, I've talked about the torso guarding that they possibly could implement in a few years here, where they allow the defender to use the torso more. Yeah, I 100 I agree. That would be good. So. Yeah, because I don't think a guy like Tony Allen could have survived in the league for now. An elite yep. defender like Tony Allen would have struggled with the rules that they have currently in place. Uh, you could see more defenders come in the league with this kind of stuff. You could see some more elite defenders. I mean, you, DeAndre Hunter, like guy I said for Atlanta, will benefit from a, rules like this. Yeah, I, I, I love it. Let's see some more accountability be put back on the offense now uh, to play better and yeah. not just go after the cheap plays. Good job, Edmier. I like it. Well, let's move on to the draft lottery. That's tonight. I'm kind of excited, but I feel like I'm going to be let I'm down. I'm ready for my heart to be broken. I feel I'm ready like for I'm my heart to be let down. The only, re- the only way my heart will be broken is if Detroit falls out of top five. I'm bracing myself for fifth pick, but if they hit sixth pick, I'm going to be really irritated. Um, Although, I'll read off the odds here. Here are the Pistons' odds. For the first pick, they have a 14% chance. For the second, they have a 13.4% chance. For the third, they have a 12.7% chance. Fourth is 11.9. Fifth is 27.8. And sixth is 20.1. So that fifth pick has our best odds. But I'm hoping for higher than fifth. But I I can see the fifth is our best odds. It's just what scares me is the 20% on the sixth. I don't like that one bit. Uh, because that's, I mean, I could I could deal with the tanking to go up two picks because I knew we weren't going to be good anyway, but if we only go up one pick from all that tanking, it's going to be hard for me to, to really stomach that. Well, in credit, giving credit to Troy Weaver, who has done an absolutely stellar job. Yeah. The only reason why we even have this pick is because he fire-sold the team and made sure that we got our pick this year instead of next year because it was uh, it was lottery protected. So if we were bounced out of the lottery, then we lost the pick for next year. Oh, but I he didn't realized know that much. But yeah, him fire selling the team to be out of the lottery anyway. But yeah, well, we were you know we were right on the bubble. It seemed like for all those years. But by him doing that, that guaranteed we were going to get a good pick and we would actually get to keep our pick. So I'm all the way around 100 great job. But let's be real, Detroit never does well in these things. And when we do do well in these things, for whatever reason, we pick guys like Darko Milicic. Yeah. <laughs> but we have Troy Weaver now, who I believe in. So, yeah, kudos I'm, to him. Troy's been a great coach. I mean, the most, I think the most he's finessed a team was when he traded that pick for Sadiq Bay and he got rid of Kennard <laughs> and Shamit went to Brooklyn. That was a great trade. Um, Did you see they were having to pull Kennard off the floor? 
in that last game. Uh, I didn't uh, see that, was... but I don't. Oh. I haven't seen much out of Kanata since he left. Yep, they were having. Anytime there was any offensive threat on the floor, they're pulling Kennard off the floor. So it's looking like a, a, he fleeced them for sure. Good job, Weaver. Yeah. Also with that. Sadiq Bay trade, uh, it made the Mavericks blow up because now they don't have a GM and a coach because they picked Josh Green over Sadiq Bay, which was yeah, the I, pick that they wanted, and then they listened to an analytics guy. And yeah, they, we need to talk about that later too, by the way. Yeah, I think I'll actually make a video out of that this week, but we can talk about it too on the next one, or even this one. But, um, but yeah, that pick. Oh. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. The total draft odds, I'll just read them out for the first pick right now. Uh, Houston has 14%. Detroit has 14%. Orlando has 14%. OKC is at 11.5%. Cleveland is at 11.5%. Minnesota is at 9%. And if Minnesota falls out of the top three, that pick is Golden State. So if you guys are worried about Golden State, you should be even more scared tonight because they have possibility of two top 15 picks. And uh, Toronto is seven and a half. Charlotte is four and a half. Uh, Sacramento is four and a half. New Orleans is four and a half. Charlotte's one point eight percent. Well, that was Chicago at four and a half. My bad. I get my eyes and my age confused. Uh, San Antonio was one point seven. Indiana's one percent. Golden State's half a percent. But this is just as the first pick. I mean, as you look through that, that's pretty much where the draft lottery. I mean, teams will move slightly, and hopefully Detroit doesn't dip too far away from that second. But um, but they'll dip around. But those are your draft lottery teams. So, yeah, Golden State has the possibility of two two top picks this year, which could be interesting. You get a guy like Kumanga go to, Detroit, go to Golden State, or uh, you got Davion Mitchell, who was good and played in the tournament for Oregon. You got just different guys that uh, could really help Golden State's bench, uh, which has been one of the main reasons why I think they lost to, to the Raptors for one reason. Even back in 19, they're still trying to figure out the bench. So we'll see how that goes. Um, OKC's got a pick. I mean, how many more picks do they have in this draft, let alone the next four or five? Um, yeah, you're right. I just want a top four. If we get top four, I'm thrilled. I'd be happy with Green, Kuminga. Uh, you know, I, I would Rouse, be. Yeah, well, we we probably aren't even gonna sniff Cunningham because we won't get the number <laughs> one pick. But I would be nope. fine with a Jalen Green or Jalen Suggs. I think we need yeah. a good offensive two guard next to uh, Hayes, who is a facilitating playmaker. I think that would. Yeah, and I'm. Great. I'm high in him, by the way. So yeah, I, I actually uh, Green would be a great pick if we're if we believe in, you know, Killian. Yeah. I heard somebody, I mean, he's a younger kid, and I, I give him here or there. He hasn't seen as much as I have, but I'm not saying I'm top expert by any means, but he thought we should have took Halliburton over Hayes, and I I disagree. I think uh, yeah. Hayes, was, Hayes is a really good playmaker. I think he's Tony Parker-esque at, uh, just for potential. Uh, and Halliburton's going to be good, but he's an offensive guy, and we needed a playmaker. We needed a playmaker. Uh, we'll see how the oh, Hayes. I, go ahead. I like his game. Sorry, go ahead. Keep going. No, I didn't have much this more. Day. No, I didn't have much more anyway. But Hayes had that. Well, one. I was just. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna stop. You go ahead. No, but Hayes had that one outburst with 23 and seven towards the end of the season, and that makes me really excited. 
Uh, Detroit's got a ton of. They got Sadiq, who I hope they give the house to when he wants a contract. I don't care. I don't care how young he is. Uh, but and then you've got Isaiah Stewart, who I like. I would like to see him pair a more offensive big. Uh, I mean, if we did drop to four, we could pick up Kumanga to pair along uh, Stewart as more of the offensive to his defensive side. Although uh, Stewart can hit a three too, so we got a little bit more movement out there. But uh, I like the team. Josh Jackson, I could see as a six man. I don't see him as a starter, which is why I would like either Jalen Green or Suggs. Which that's going to be an issue for me if we're at four because I don't know whether I want Suggs or whether I want Kumanga at four. So if you're at the two pick, do you, are you going to take you're going to take Suggs, right? No, I'm taking Green. No doubt in my mind, I'm taking Jalen Green. At with number two, with number, number two, two pick? there is no doubt. I mean, if if somehow the the Rockets are somehow high on Green and we get Cade, would be fine by me. But if we get Green, I'm taking Green. He's okay. He's like a taller uh, D Wade. He's like he's like taller, and I I hate to say it uh, because people might dog me, but I honestly think he's more athletic than D Wade was. Even for as athletic as D Wade is, he's just a lengthier guy. Um, yeah, I haven't seen enough of his play to to make that assessment. I just uh, everyone seems to be really high on him, so I'm really excited about him too. There was so. There's this one scout, uh, I'm trying to think, it's like Mike Smith or something, something like that, but he, he ranked Jalen Green the highest that he's ever ranked a draft prospect, so I have a lot of faith in, in Jalen Green. Yeah. And he's already gotten used to kind of a pro game because he played with the with the Ignite, the G League Ignite. Uh, right. So I, I'm high on Jalen Green. And I yeah, I agree. I, I think he's perfect for what the Pistons are looking for right now. And speaking of the G League night, I wouldn't even mind late in the second round than picking up Isaiah Todd. He was supposed to go to U of M, and he was pretty good. He's a lengthy guy too. I don't. He's like six eight. He's got pretty good frame, but that's not that's not in the lottery. But I'm just thinking Detroit wise. I'm sure Troy Weaver will pull something out of his hat like he did last year. There has really been out of the picks he's made. There's really been no bust because I mean even we got Saban Lee and he's been good off the bench for us. If he keeps drafting like that, I'm going to just keep, I don't know. I, I'm i just happy we finally have a GM with a head on his shoulders. Well, he understands youth is the future. And, yeah, right, you got to build a team to the draft. You're not going to win it through free agency. Well, yeah, I'm so tired of people saying, oh, we need to sign. We need to trade for Fred Van Fleet. I've seen that trade this year. It's like, shut no. up, let it build. No, I agree, no. You got to do it through the draft. People are so right? they want to win so bad that they'll just go down the same route that we've been doing for years and years. Right, sign a, an aged out superstar and try to build around him. Well, you can only really do that if they're like at the the mid or the beginning of their prime. You can't do it yeah. after their prime. I mean, we signed a guy like Anthony Tolliver twice. <laughs> I mean, Detroit's <laughs> made dumb moves in the past. I mean, that was Stan Van Gundy, who I think is dumb in general. But that's... oh man. Uh, we got to figure stuff yeah. out, and we we seem to have. They got to let leave Troy Weaver alone, let him do what he wants. Because I mean, he could turn the team to into compost at this point. I wouldn't care because of what he's done so far. But he's done what we've been wanting the Pistons to do for the last ever since they traded Chauncey. Yeah, blow the team up and focus on the draft. He's, right? 
and he's the first one to do it. He's a better GM than Joe was. People aren't going to say that because Joe won a ring, but he basically had that dropped in his shoulder in his lap. I mean, he did a few good moves here, but he was pretty well set up. Well, he did the rip trade. I don't think he realized. Okay, I think Joe, you're right. I think Joe won it by accident, right? Yeah. I don't think he realized how good was rip was going to be. Him, but he wasn't. He wasn't thinking that when he did it. I don't think he realized how good Ben was going to be, right? But yeah. he still made the moves, you know? Yeah. So we'll give him some credit. We'll give him some credit. Yeah. But then he made moves like, you know, drafting Darko and trading Chauncey for AI. <laughs> well, this Troy Weaver, and I'm not trying to hype him. I like him a lot, but I think I may be going overboard. I am a Detroit fan, so, I mean, I want to see him win. But he's the closest thing to Jack McCluskey we've had, which I don't know if you know who Jack McCluskey is. but Yeah. <laughs> He was yeah. a GM for the bad boys. He's the one who drafted Isaiah, drafted Dantley, who we traded for Aguirre, brought in Bill Lambeer, yep. drafted yep. Rodman, drafted Sally, brought in Edwards, brought in the microwave, Vinny Johnson. Just made a lot of good moves. And we haven't had a real solid GM since he he left. And I mean, yeah. Um, I'll give Joe a little credit. We did win a championship with him, maybe yeah. in spite of him. I mean, well, he, no, I'm I admit, saying he, he had a part in it, but it wasn't really his full idea. He tr he tried his best. I just don't think he's put as much thought into it as Troy Weaver does. It seems like Troy's thinking two steps ahead. Yeah, he's got a plan, and he's fle he's fleeced two teams hard, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think I think we really fleeced when we got rid of a uh, a uh, a Duke shooter. I can't. Why can't I remember his name now? Canard. Uh, Canard. Yes. We totally flew some hard on that. And then they re-signed Kennard. <laughs> yeah, they, he played one game and they gave him a four-year, $54 million contract. Was he going to come back to bite them hard when they have to re-sign Kawhi, which is going to be a struggle now because they have the Morris contract, which is pretty big for his his size, and then you got the PG contract. Uh, yep. And you, you're not going to be able to move Kennard. That's not like, I mean, Ben Simmons' type move is hard to do with the way his potential is, but Kennard is not a guy that people want to pay a lot of money for. Yeah, we talked about unmovable contracts. Holy cow. That's like a Chandler Parsons contract, except I hope Kennard doesn't get hurt like Chandler Parsons. He at least is usable, but that's like one that people will not want to touch. They're stuck with Kennard for three more years. That's not moving. Yeah. And they're pulling them out. They're pulling him out of the game when they need defense. Yeah. He's going to be yeah. on the bench. You just paid a bench guy four years and yeah. $54 million. Just think, everybody, every, it doesn't matter what team you are, think about that. Four years, $54 million for a bench guy with mediocre defense. Yep, it was getting pulled out in the playoff games. That's just dumb. I mean, at least, I mean, that's arguably worse than signing Parsons because Parsons, <laughs> when he got signed, was an all-star. Yeah. Kennard was right. not an all-star. Well, he hasn't even shown any. He didn't show any flashes of greatness here in Detroit, or even goodness. Man, I mean, he, he could shot. He shot around thirty-five. I'll give him that. He's a decent shooter, but other than that, there's not a lot of upside to his game. Sure, but when you're only a three guy, I want you up in the thirty-eight range. Yeah, when that's all you do. You know, he was injured so. quite often. I mean, we had stints where he was out for twenty, thirty games. I mean, it's yeah. not that 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 was. Whoever the GM of the Clippers, I'm kind of hesitant on. I think it's Lawrence Frank, who was a Pistons coach at one point. But that was a really dumb move. That yeah. Was, that was... Yeah, I don't... Yeah, make heads or tails of it. Especially when you're trying to keep Kawhi, which I don't think they will. 
Yeah, because they're hard capped pretty well, including Kawhi's contract. They've got enough money to pay Kawhi if they want to again, but they're not going to be able to bring anybody else in because they're hard capped. That's why the Lakers right. won't be struggling next year is because they are hard capped as well. Even if they get rid of Drummond and Kuzma, they're still hard capped. I mean, they're going to open up a little bit of cap here once Schroeder leaves, which I see this happening. Um, but... It's going to be a struggle for some of these teams to move players. I think the cap is actually shrinking somewhat because of the virus and everything. Yep. So, I agree. Uh, well, so uh, the bottom line of this one, you and I have low hopes for the draft. We're going to, the draft lottery. We're going to watch it, but we love Troy Weaver and believe in him. Yeah, which I do. He'll I really figure do. It out. Whatever pick he has, he'll figure it out. I bet she trades up if they don't get top five. I don't think he does. You don't think so? Well, would they move? They don't have anything to move. They don't have a pick next year. If if they so. don't, I think if he gets six, he's going to hope Suggs drops to six is what I think. I don't think he will, but I think he's either going to Suggs or Davian Mitchell at six unless yeah. I see. I mean, I haven't really got, got into who's the top ten draft this year because they haven't really talked about it too much. Right. Uh, but you've got some guys. I'm trying to think who else is in that. you got B.J. Boston. Different guards. I think we're going for a guard this year, but I could be surprised with a big. But I really do think we're going to find our shooting guard for at least the next few years here. Well, I hope so. Um, and not to mention, we have all that cap space. We have so much cap space, it's insane. Yeah, we're not ready to use it yet, but it's there when right. we need it. I agree. There's no one. Even if like Kawhi was out there, I'd say don't do it. Well, you yeah, know, we're not ready yeah. to be competitive. This is one of the not worst free agency here. classes in a while, which is going to be another. I'm not trying to bash the Lakers, but this is going to be another struggle for them because it's one of the weakest free agent classes we've seen in a while. But next year is pretty hot. Next year's free agent class is going to be a really big, really. I think you got Kawhi, you got Paul George, I think the LeBron, unless the, I think he re-signed. I don't think he's in that one anymore, but uh, maybe even Butler. Uh, you got Randall possibly. I think you got you got quite a few guys in that free agent class. So they're gonna be big pieces. I think Levine you got Zach Levine. Um, but yeah, uh, you don't think he'll go back to Chicago? He could. I'm just saying he'll be out there oh. if somebody if somebody wants to try to pull him away from Chicago. Yeah, good point. Yep. Uh, you said something about questions. You talks. Yeah, I guess so. So uh, I got some rapid fire questions for you. So here's the deal. Drink real quick. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you some questions. All right. And you got to give me 20 to 30 seconds, yes or no. So yes or no, and then 20 to 30 seconds why you agree or disagree. Are you ready? All right. Okay. Uh, Stephen A. Smith goes on to his show yesterday and makes his statement. And by the way, Magic Johnson agreed emphatically. He said, "Quote: Devin Booker is the next Kobe Bryant." It is official, end quote. Agree or disagree? I disagree. Devin Booker knows how to pass the ball. <laughs> it's a diss on Kobe. So you, okay, so you think Devin Booker has an extra page to his game that even Kobe didn't have. Yeah, I think he's more of a team player. I like Kobe, but Kobe was always giving me the rock, which it worked for him, but not. Yeah, that was his game. have a different type of game. Yeah, I agree. I think he's different. I agree with you. He's different. I actually think he's a better perimeter scorer than Kobe was, but I don't think he's as good as, uh, you know, I've got two guys in my face while I'm shooting. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm going to make it anyways. I don't think he was as good at that as Kobe was. So, yeah, I, I think 
I, I think what he's saying is maybe caliber of talent, and maybe I could say I could see him getting there. I don't think he's there now, but I could see him getting there. So no, I agree with that. A year or two off, but he'll be there. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, next question. Uh, according to CBS, Mavericks Luka Doncic was upset with uh, uh, Mark Cuban. Not Mark Cuban, excuse me. A scout that is a staff member within the Dallas Mavericks organization, who apparently, according to this article, has more power than even the scouting team or the GM. Mark Cuban gets on a Twitter and says the story is absolute BS. Next thing we know, the GM and the head coach are both gone. So, my question to you. That being said, will Luka Doncic resign with the Mavericks? This is a double question. And his poor thing is going to be there after this year. Okay. Well, I think Luca could re-sign and then pull like everybody else does nowadays and ask for a trade within the next season or two if it doesn't go his way. Uh, but I see him being there. And Porzingis, they're going to have to figure out Porzingis, but if he doesn't figure it out this summer, it's going to be next year he'll be traded. They're going to try to figure him out this summer like a Ben Simmons kind of thing. Right. He's got one of those ugly contracts as well. Uh, poor Zingas, that's his problem for the Mavericks. Well, they, they gave threw him all money that money. At him right when he came, they threw a big contract yeah. at him because they thought he was like he was in the Knicks, but he had drum, his Drummond syndrome where he needs the ball. Yeah, so that that Mavericks thing is is interesting. So I can't wait to hear what you have to say about that. <clears throat> okay, uh, if the playoffs ended today, who's your playoffs MVP? Would this have to be a team that's that finishes in the finals or not? I know there's usually that rule that it has to be a winning team. It could be any team. So even a team that got knocked out in the first round. Kevin Durant was mine. I've never seen anybody play at that caliber in my lifetime. I assume Jordan did sometimes with the 61, but Kevin Durant. Yeah, I agree with you on that. That's who I'd be giving it to. All right. Uh, NBA Finals MVP will be... Giannis. Giannis. There's nobody else on the Bucks that can compete with him for that. I think Middleton has a shot at it. Yeah, but he's but... not as well liked. It's like when Durant took it over Curry. They were both well liked, but nobody talks about Middleton. That's true. That's a good point. All right, and that was the rapid fire section. I I loved your answers. Yeah, I. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this Dallas Maverick thing shake out. <laughs> Cuban has said some silly things like he'd leave his wife for Luka Doncic. <laughs> yeah, Cuban is. I don't. I don't know. They've done all right there, but I'm still kind of mad when they blew up the 11 team that won against LeBron. They should have kept that team there. Dallas has made some, some interesting moves, time and time again. And by the way, that's the GM and coach that just ran out of town. Yeah, Q, uh, Rick Carlisle is going to get a job somewhere else, and the GM. He's probably been there long enough. He's got a nice little 401k and stock portfolio that he can just sit on a beach somewhere yeah. and not worry about you, that ever again. I guess my one more question. Do you put any stock in the story that there's some gambler that's running the pulling the strings behind It's not a gambler. It's an analytics yeah. idiot. It's one of those guys, like a Daryl Morey, except Daryl Morey knows how to GM correctly. That guy doesn't. Yeah. Well, the rumor is is that this, this gentleman went to Luka Doncic's and you know how analytics guy, they only want three balls, no mid-range, yes. you know. And he went to Luca and told him to shoot the three more. And Luca told him to shove off. So yeah. this is the rumor. This guy's going around ruining this organization. They got to get that guy out of there. I don't care if it's – he must be one of Cuban's buddies. 
or something because he needs That's what they're to, saying. Yeah. He needs to be done. He needs to if he's got if he's a minority owner in the team, he needs to be a silent partner because he needs to get out of there because he seems to generally be ruining the front office and just that team's got so much potential. And I was just last year saying uh, not even last year in free agency saying that Giannis should go there, but now it's looking like that team's going downhill quick if they don't watch. Yeah, well, that's the rumor. If it's true that what what people are saying about this this gambling guy, that he's making everybody mad, I agree with you. But the evidence is there. The coach is gone. The GM is gone. Right after this story comes out. Yeah, and those right? are. I don't know about the GM, but I know at least with Rick Carlisle, he's a solid coach. They just lost. Probably, I'd say, I mean, he's top 10 at least, but I argue he's in the top five, just barely at five. He's a great coach. And what coach is going to leave a team that has a 22-year-old, not star, superstar, yeah, top well, five player in the league? The only thing I could think that would maybe make Carlisle leave would maybe be the pressure to play Porzingis more would be the only thing, but I still don't think that was the true reason. It's probably this analytics guy. That really pushing people out of town, and you could push Luca out of town if they don't watch him. Yeah, I mean, that'd be. I a... don't know because it's Lakers fans are. Oh, we're gonna get Luca. No, you don't have the cap, so I don't know where Luca would go if they if he moved. But right. I'm sure people would move people <laughs> out of town to get him to get him there. I'm sure there would yeah. be movement. I'd sell the farm, and actually, we're actually set up to sell the farm for a superstar and build around him. But anywho. Yeah, he's not coming to Detroit, unfortunately. I know that's a pipe dream. I know. I saying. know, but I'm trying. It probably, I don't know where he would go. That's it's hard to even think about it at the moment where Luca can right. go. I don't know. Uh, that's just I didn't. I was not in any mindset to think of him leaving at all. That's why I'm just thrown in the last week or so. Well, I think he's. I do think he's going to stay. By the way, I really do. Yeah. I, I do think he's going to say because Mark Cuban has shown that he runs the franchise, right? Yeah. And so I think he's going to stay, but I, th- I definitely think Porzingis is out. And I think the Mavericks are in trouble right now because no of the dumpster fire happening. They have no second right. star and it's a bad free agent class. And right. Kawhi's not and they're going to want to come there. No. Nope. Clyde probably will never play in, this, in, da- in uh, Texas ever again. I don't think he even wants to go back to Texas, let alone go to. <laughs> Yeah, he hates San Antonio, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a whole separate story. I think Kawhi's feelings are a little bit, a little bit fragile, but uh, that uh, I don't. Man, I'm so used to seeing Luca in that Dallas jersey that I don't know what I would do if he was on a different team. But the thing that everybody's got to remember with these stories is the majority of the sports media comes out of either San Francisco or Los Angeles, and occasionally New York. You got ESPN out of New York, so you gotta you gotta you gotta really think over everything that's said because you don't know how much right. of it is just talk. Right. Because well, that's time, why I said if if it's true, well, because yeah. you yeah. see, like Ramona Shelberg is a big Lakers fan. You see a lot of stuff from her. Brian Windhorst is a big Lakers fan. You see a lot of stuff from him. Uh, I, I think uh, what's the name? What's the big uh, Woj? Woj is a big Knicks fan. Stephen Woj's A bomb. is a big Knicks fan. Max well, Woj has been pretty reliable fan. though. Yeah, Woj is reliable. Yeah, I. I... When he says it, you can take it to the bank. Yeah, 
I trust Shams pretty good because I don't see one bias one way or the other. I don't. Usually when Shams says something, I trust it pretty hard. I trust Woj, but I just mean Shams seems to have no second, no narrative behind it that he's. Shams seems like he he's not tied to a team, is what I'm basically saying. He just gotcha. just reporting it. Uh, but yeah, well, you got anything else? That's it. What a fun time. Yeah, this Bucks. was a good one. Suns is a prediction, and we both think Giannis is going to be the MVP and win. And the Bucks are going to win. Higher it. than six tonight. Higher than six, please. I really want top four. I really, really want top I want four. Top four. I, if they get to five, I'm not going to be totally mad. I just don't want six. I really do not want six. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. If they Lots get of fun. Thanks for having me. Ecstatic. Yeah. No problem. This is this is good. All right. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for watching. If you're on YouTube, I probably should say this earlier, but like and subscribe. If you're on the podcast platform, thank you for watching. Uh, have a nice week.